0: An awesome God who has awesome plans, his kingdom, his will for your life. And so want you begin thinking, I was, I was thinking recently just about our topic today, kicking off a new series. I was, have you ever thought about how many people, how many thousands of people have made plans before you showed up and you benefit from them? Like how many people you may never meet have made plans for you? I mean, think about it for a second. So you were born in a building, someone planned. Dressed in clothing, someone planned. Placed in a bed, someone planned. Okay, people drove you in a vehicle, someone planned. Down roads, someone planned. To a location, someone planned. You went to schools, someone planned. To learn lessons, someone planned. To read books, someone planned. And today we use electricity, that someone planned. With devices, someone planned. To watch videos and movies that someone planned. Like, have you ever thought about how many thousands of people have planned and planned and planned for you before you ever showed up? Plans you had nothing to do with. You did not make those plans. You benefit from those plans. Now, guys, the same is true for God, but on a galactic and eternal scale. God chose to bless us in Christ with his eternal plan. God chose to bless us in Christ with his eternal plan. I don't think we realize how God planned from eternity past, before time began, made eternal plans offered to the future in Christ, plans that we had nothing to do with, we did not organize, but in God's will, in Christ, we stepped into and we benefit from God's awesome plans. Today... It's going to be like staring out into space and just staring in wonder at the depth and majesty of Almighty God. His plans. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you so much for your plans. Your awesome plans, your mighty plans, your eternal plans. From before time began, way off into eternity, in the eons to come, and how it relates to our life, all of us right now, right now, today, in this life. I pray that you, by your Holy Spirit, open up our eyes spiritually, open up our ears spiritually, to hear you speak to us, to see what is true about you, us, the universe, and to stand in wonder. For those who don't know Christ, may they come to Jesus, know Jesus Christ as their Savior. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So guys, we're starting a brand new series uh, this week. The series is through the book of Ephesians. If you want to join me in the book of Ephesians, it's a small book in the New Testament. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1, and start making our way the next several weeks uh, through the book of Ephesians. Our theme, uh, what we're going to see through the next several weeks in this series is that it's all about Him. It's all about Him. Everything is about Jesus Christ. See, your life is not about you. My life's not about me. It's about him. Love is about him. Success is about him. It's all about him. And so we to give you a little background on this book of Ephesians just briefly. If Paul uh, emailed the book of Ephesians back in the day, this would be the email header. The email header of Ephesians. Uh, Ephesians was from Paul the Apostle. Paul was actually sitting in jail uh, in the city of Rome when he wrote this book. Ephesians was two, the church at Ephesus. Paul planted at least 14 or more churches throughout the course of his life. The church at Ephesus was one of his church plants. Paul was in a church planting like we are. How? Okay, how did Paul get the letter from where he was in jail over 1,200 miles away to modern-day Turkey to Ephesus by a man named Tychicus? So God was moving in Paul to speak out loud, dictate the letter. Tychicus, Tychicus stood outside the cell and wrote it down, and Tychicus hand-carried that letter over 1,200 miles to the city of Ephesus. Like, that's the email header if Ephes- Ephesians was an, was an email. So, it's not a very long book. I encourage you to read. It's six chapters long. It has a very simple outline. Here is the outline to this letter. Part one is Ephesians 1 through 3. What is true? What is true about God? What is true about us? What is true about the world? that's part 1 part 2 what do we do chapter 4 th- 4 through 6 like based on everything that is true about god and us and the world in chapters 1 through 3 what do we do about it it's full of all these amazing things about living this out in life it's a very simple outline two parts today we're going to look at Ephesians 1 verse 1 to 14 and our theme today is that god chose he chose to bless us in christ before time began, with his eternal plan, and this concept of God choosing people often brings up questions in people's minds. Hey, does God choose people? Yes. Do people need to choose God? Yes. How does that work? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. But with this passage in Ephesians, there's a couple of cross references you need to compare, read them, so you can understand God's full heart. Uh, 2 Peter 3, verse 9 1 Timothy 2, verse 5, Romans 11, 33 to 36, when you think about God choosing, does God care about all people, these passages are very, very helpful, helpful for me, helpful for you. Okay, so today, we're going to see Paul write about God's eternal plan, he's going to start off before time began in eternity past, and he's going to flash forward to the plans that he has in the eons to come, and then come back today in this life. Before time began, in eternity, today, in this life. Let's begin. Okay, so Paul, at the very start of this letter, like he does all of the letters that he writes, he writes like 13 letters of the New Testament. Paul wrote two-thirds of the books of the New Testament. And in each of his letters, he put this like standard greeting to a church, or standard greeting to a believer. And so in his standard greeting, he always addresses two things. He always addresses how God sees you, if you're a Christian, and what God shares with you if you're a Christian. How God sees you, what God shares with you. How does God see you if you're a Christian? might be different than how you see yourself. Verse 1, Ephesians 1 verse 1 says this, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. How do you see yourself how does God see you? Like, this is what is true. How does God see you? If you have Christ as Savior, he sees you as a saint, which means holy or called out. He sees you as faithful. You say, I don't, I don't feel very faithful to God. I feel pretty unfaithful to God, to be honest. How does God see you as saints and faithful? He sees Jesus in you. He sees Jesus being holy in you. Jesus' faithfulness. That's how God sees you. That's who you really are in Christ. What does God share with you if you're a Christian? That's verse 2. Verse 2 says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Yet, yeah, What does God share with you if you're a Christian? He shares grace and peace. Grace, undeserved love inside you. Peace, unexplainable calm inside you. How do you experience those things? That's Jesus living inside you. He shares Jesus with you, if you have Christ as Savior. That's how God sees you. That's what God shares shares with you. And it's really easy for us to blow right by these opening words, which are so common, but they're incredibly profound. Okay. God, in his eternal love for us, he chose us to bless us in Christ with his eternal plan. Let's go through three parts. Before time began, we'll start there. Before time began, number one. Before time began, God chose us in Christ. Before time began, God himself chose us in Christ. That's going to be verses three through six. We'll see in a moment, verses three through six. I was starting to think of an example of what it's like to be chosen. And I was reminded of like being in elementary school and the feeling of choosing teams for kickball. You ever been there? So, There's these, you know, all the kids, they get in a big line. Two people are the captains, and they start choosing. And the earlier you're you're chosen, the better you feel. The longer it goes, the worse you feel. God chose us in Christ. He chose us. I've heard it said that there's a hundred, if you add up all the people that ever lived in the world, there's 100 billion people that have lived in this world. That's a big game of kickball. God chose us in Christ. So we're going to talk about God choosing us in Christ before time began. What's it mean to choose us? Well, It means, first of all, that he chose to give us every spiritual blessing we could possibly get. He chose to give us every spiritual blessing. Verse 3, Ephesians 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ? Like he chose to give you every spiritual blessing that you'll ever get. Spiritual blessings, yeah, like the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, connection with God, connection with others. Yeah, he chose to bless you with every spiritual blessing you'll ever get. God chose us, if you have Christ as Savior, in Christ. What's that mean? Well, it means that he chose to make it possible for us to stand before him, before the throne of God, surrounded in his love. Verse 4. Verse 4 says, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy And without blame before him in love. Yeah, God chose us. And he chose to have a stand before the throne of God someday with total acceptance and love, overwhelmed by his love. Yeah, God chose us in Christ. What's that mean? Well, he chose to adopt into his family everybody who had received Christ as Savior. That's verse 5. Verse 5 says this, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Yeah, the word predestined means that before something happens, God says it will happen. What did he predestine? He predestined us in Christ to adoption as sons. He predestined those who would be in Christ someday to be fully adopted as a son or daughter of God with all the rights and responsibilities of being a child of God. He chose us in Christ. Planned for us. What does that mean? It means he made us totally accepted in Jesus. Because of all that Jesus did, we're accepted totally. That's verse 6. Verse 6 says this, "...to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He made us accepted in the Beloved." The Beloved is Jesus. He made us accepted in the Beloved. You and I, if you have Christ as Savior, have total acceptance. Not because what you and I did has nothing to do with us. It's because we are in the Loved One, in the Beloved. Jesus did everything. It's our connection with Jesus that makes us accepted. And God chose that before time began. Now, about this time, my mind gets blown. Even studying this passage, I agonized and prayed, how do you communicate this? It's like staring off into space and being overwhelmed. God chose us in Christ. I thought of another example, the example of adoption. When a parent gets into adoption, like he says, God chose us for adoption, predestined for adoption, when they get an adoption, a parent isn't forced to adopt. No one's making them adopt. They choose to adopt. To bring them in their, in their family, to share that love and connection. That's like God. When God chose to adopt, no one's forcing God to adopt. No, you can't make God adopt. He chose to adopt you just as you are based on what Jesus did. Yeah. Before time began, before there was time and space, when there was only God, God chose us in Christ to bless us with Christ. That's what's true. That's what's true. It's all about Him. Okay, that's before time began. Big breath. Let's go way off into eternity, way off in eternity. Number two, in eternity, God has big plans for us in Christ. In eternity, God has big plans for us in Christ. That's gonna be verses seven to 12. I was starting to think of how people picture eternity and heaven. Here's one person's picture of heaven. Uh, one person's picture of heaven. That looks terrible to me. I sure hope that's not heaven. Okay, there you got your wings and your cloud. Apparently, everybody, nobody wears shirts in heaven. Apparently, they're all little children in heaven. Apparently, everybody looks bored in heaven. I sure hope that's not God's plan in eternity, and it's not. These next few verses will blow your mind. God's big plans for us in Christ. You know, what are God's big plans? Well, they start with the riches of God's grace, verse 7. The riches of God's grace, verse 7. He says, in him... We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Yeah, the riches of his undeserved love. There are riches in his undeserved love like redemption, like forgiveness, like acceptance, like love. And he says about his grace in verse 8, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. The word abound in Greek means exceeding, beyond what you need, abounding and abounding. God's plans, his big plans for you, all are built around his undeserved love, abounding forever and ever. God has big plans for us in Christ. What's that mean? Man, he planned, He. Plans to fulfill all of his will by gathering everyone and everything together in one in Christ. Christ the gathering. That's verse 9. Verse 9 says this, Having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. Okay, so that says that God's will was once a mystery. No one knew what God's will was. It was a mystery. It was buried in God in his good pleasure. But... The amazing thing is we can know God's will, the invisible God, by looking at Jesus and reading Scripture. And when you look at Jesus and read Scripture, we now know what brings God pleasure. What a privilege. You can know if it's God's will, God's pleased. I'm bringing God pleasure. Verse 10, it's Christ the gathering. He says in verse 10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one All things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, in him. This phrase always cracks me up, the dispensation of the fullness of the times. That's a mouthful. It's talking about a a time period in the future. Like after the end times, after the final judgment, when Christ will gather everyone and everything in unity, in love, in oneness, in him as it always intended, as it should be. Yet God has big plans for us in eternity, in Christ. Okay, what's that mean? It means that God's gonna give you an inheritance. He's gonna give you an inheritance. Oh, that's verse 11. Verse 11 talks about this. It says, In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined According to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Okay, that says that we are now having an inheritance, and that kind of makes sense because the moment God adopts you as a child, you share equally with the inheritance of Jesus. Whatever Jesus inherits, you inherit. That is your inheritance. What does Jesus inherit? Well, he inherits the rule of the universe rule of this world, everything in this world, the promises and eternal life. What is your inheritance? The universe, the world, everything in it, the promises, eternal life. Your real inheritance is in Christ. God has big plans for us in Christ. At this point, you might say, why? Why would God do this? Why would God even create the world for his glory, for his praise, for his credit. Verse 12, verse 12 talks about that. It says this, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. That people, you and I, the change in us, how God used us, the reflection of us in this world, we exist for the glory of God. We don't exist for ourselves. We benefit. We are blessed by the glory of God. We don't exist for ourselves. We exist so that God gets praise. We exist so God gets glory. I was thinking about long-term planning. We're talking about planning in eternity. What is the longest-term planning people in this world do? Maybe you're planning for a trip. You're planning for college. You're planning to purchase a house. You're planning to purchase a car. You're planning for retirement. Those are long-term plans for us. God's plans go forever and ever and ever. I can't fathom that. His plans are ultimately, ultimately built around joy and the gathering, which brings him glory. And i say, joy and the gathering. I had a little foretaste of that. Okay, I'll, I'll be honest. When the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, um, I experienced both joy and gathering. Okay, I watched the Super Bowl by myself. And when we won, I, I, remember I, by, I wanted to watch by myself, to process by myself. I had a bunch of friends who so said they did that as well. Uh, the jo- I was shouting and screaming, and we did it. We won the Super Bowl. And I ran out of the, of the house. I kid you not. I ran out, and I started shouting, and my neighbors came out of their houses gathering. And we gathered. We high-fived. We celebrated. It was an amazing experience. My wife is filming, and... It didn't record. Why didn't it record? That'd be a good moment. But then it was over. It was still stunning. But no one, one of these days, will remember that. No one will. That's a foretaste of the joy and gathering in Christ someday. Which is all built around Him getting credit, Him being number one, Him being praised. We went back to eternity past before time began. We went off in the eons of eternity in the future. What about today? Number three, in this life, God seals those who believe in Christ. In this life, God seals those who believe in Christ. Now, have you believed in Christ? It's the only way to get into God's plan. You see, uh, many people think, and it's a deception, that if you're a good person, I'm a good person. I try hard. Who really cares? You can't be good enough. Well, I try to be nice to people. I try to keep the golden rule. I try to attend church. I try to give. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares and who cares? That's all your efforts. After you receive Christ, it means a lot. Before, it means nothing. The only way to enter God's family is to believe what you've heard about Jesus. Have you done that? Have you believed what you heard about Jesus? That is verse 13 begins. You see, heard, believed, then sealed with the Spirit. Verse 13, in him you also trusted. After you heard the word of truth. Heard. The gospel, the good news of your salvation. In whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. First step is hearing the word of truth. Really hearing it. Secondly, believing it. Like really believing. Surrender to God, believing it. And when that happens, you are sealed on the inside with the Holy Spirit of God, the person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. Why does God seal you with the Holy Spirit? Verse 14. Verse 14 says this. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession? To the praise of his glory. The Holy Spirit is our guarantee, our down payment, our proof, his presence in us that all these things God has said and promised are coming and are true. Guys, God chose to bless us in Christ with his eternal plan which started in his mind and heart and purpose and pleasure before time began. Which extends out long-term planning in the eons and ages to come. But you miss all of it unless right now, unless at some point from now to your past, you have heard this story about Jesus. That Jesus, God in human form, came to this world. He died on a cross for your sins. He was buried in a tomb. And three days later, he rose again. He's alive today. He ascended to heaven. He is in heaven right now at the right hand of God. If you believe that story, you join God's family. Everything changes. Have you believed that story? If you're a child of God and you have believed that story, are you living a life that brings honor to your dad? Your dad is the God of this universe. Your dad adopted you. Your dad thought of you before time began. Your dad has plans for you until eternity and on and on. Are you living a life that brings praise and honor and glory to your dad because of Jesus? Let's pray. Lord, I do pray, God, you move in both groups, people who have not yet received Christ, that right now, they've heard the good news about Jesus. They've heard about your love. They've heard about your grace. They've heard about your plans. And whether they understand them fully or not, that's irrelevant. Do they understand enough to see that it's all about you? It's all about Jesus Christ. And you're offering them the chance to join your family, to be redeemed, to be a part of your kingdom as they believe to the point of surrendering to you. I pray for them to do that right now. I pray for those believers in Christ, they are adopted children, sons and daughters of God, that they would live a life that brings honor and glory to you, that they remember that life is not about convenience or their plans, It's about bringing pleasure to you. Remind them and let them live in the riches of your grace. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you have questions or would like to contact us for prayer, please email us at info at visitgracechurch.com. For more information about our ministries, location, and service times, go to visitgracechurch.com.